0: What's up, everybody? Anthony Kazenzi here with the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast and CincyJungle.com. Feels like it's been a minute since we've got together and done one of these things. Um, took, a, I guess, kind of a little bit of a break after the Super Bowl, but still tried to bring you all kinds of different content on a number of different levels. Good to be with all of you again, though. Hopefully, you're getting through the grieving process okay, and you are handling things as well as can be after the Bengals, <sighs> just couldn't pull one out on, uh, on Super Bowl 56 there. Tough one for those who may have tuned in over the last week or so. I was actually at the game in person and um, obviously bittersweet in a number of different levels there. Being there and uh, seeing them come oh so close. Had a little bit of a debacle outside of the stadium, but we're we're I'm moving on. We're moving on. We're trying to get past all this stuff. We're trying to move on, and uh, I don't know. Anyway, we are back with Happening Headlines. Feels like it's been a minute since we've done one of these because last, th- the week leading up to the Super Bowl, we did not get to one of these because we had a number of different shows with a number of great and special guests, namely those from... Bengals Super Bowl teams. We had Tim McGee. We had Ken Anderson. We had Charles Alexander. We had an in-person interview with Anthony Munoz. And oh, by the way, we dropped an interview with Chad Johnson. So if you hadn't had an opportunity yet to see any of those, to listen to any of those, please download, please give them a view. I think you'll enjoy them. Of course, we also had our usual show on Wednesday night. All kinds of different things. So we've been hammering you with content. Now the the off season is upon us. We've got a little bit of some different things to do, shift some gears here, and uh, we're, you know, we're going to focus on free agency. We're going to focus on the draft. We're going to focus on what's ahead and what the Bengals can do to get over the hump, potentially reach the Super Bowl again, and of course, get past it. want to remind folks that if you are new here, if you've stumbled onto our channel, maybe from all the Super Bowl coverage, that we are part of the Cincy Jungle podcast channel part of the sb nation network of podcasts so obviously we're associated with cincyjungle.com as is matt minnick and his coach speak and chalk talk podcast you want to check that one out and of course ace and zim bringing you all kinds of knowledge on the orange is the new black podcast great work as well so check out all of those subscribe to the NC Jungle Podcast channel, whether it's on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, any of the major streamers, we are on that. And of course, our channel, I believe it's right down here. You can click on an icon right there to subscribe to our YouTube channel if you like what we're doing, and uh, hopefully you do. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks for joining us live. If you're joining us live, thanks for listening after the fact, and thanks for all the support throughout 21 and the early part of 22 is a fun ride for sure. All right. Well, if you're again, if you're new to this, maybe some of you know the the layout or the format of this episode that we do here. But what we're gonna do is we're gonna run through a bunch of different headlines as it pertains to Cincinnati Bengals, share some stories with you, some links, all that kind of stuff, things happening with the team, things going on with their division rivals in the AFC North, and then of course get you some news from just kind of general around the NFL. We've got a bunch to get to here. The Combine is right around the corner. Free agency is right around the corner. Just, just under a month away there before all of that frenzy begins for free agency. And, uh, of course, the draft is is just a couple of months away. And usually those seem to drag out because the Bengals did not, ma- you know, we're not making the playoffs. We're not going through the playoffs. And we have not had a lot of opportunity to check into a lot of this stuff because the Bengals made it all the way to the Super Bowl. And we'll, we'll take that. We will take that. All right, here we go. Let's get it going. Uh, just kind of putting a bow on some of the Super Bowl coverage. This is on CincyJungle.com. Most of the stories I am sharing is shameless self-promotion of the Cincy Jungle website. But uh, we do have a couple of others in there as well. But The Rock, in case you saw that, uh, I thought that was an interesting thing in person that he was kind of doing the, the the game intro, if you will. But he's showing some love to the Cincinnati fans and whatnot. Uh, this is the link is pinned in the live chat for you there. And this is by Aaron Gershon. Um, he wrote on Instagram, quote, I didn't know until I got to the stadium that day, but the NFL shared with me that the Bengals were technically the home team. And let me tell you something, that Bengal fan base travels great. When I announced their team, the roof blew off the stadium. So much respect and love to the Bengals for leaving it all on the field. They are the real Multi asterisk word deal, and will no doubt ba- no doubt come back stronger, wiser, and even better next season. Um, really cool, really cool message there, and uh, you know the ultimate hype man there, The Rock. Um, still, dude, still looks like he could play. Played back in nineteen ninety one in college, and he is built. Uh, looks like he could suit up and play for anybody right now, um, and you can see that by the uh, the, the picture there. Dude is yoked. But um cool stuff and uh classy to, to talk about, you know, Bengals, the Bengals team, the fans and and all of that. Uh pretty cool, pretty cool gesture there by, by the rock and one of the many stars that were out for the Super Bowl and in person at the Super Bowl. So that is kind of some fun, fun comments there from the Rock, and hopefully he is right. I did see a comment here from Strange Shreds and our YouTube channel to lose as close as they did after this long season. How do you think this team will handle it, both mentally and physically? We talked about that last week, uh, Strange Shreds. So you may want to uh, have a listen to that show, our last Wednesday show with John Sheeran and myself. I do. Part of me does think that this team, based on its leadership and everything, I do think that this team will. Bounce back and and still have a very strong season next year. Potentially avoid that dreaded hangover from the losing Super Bowl team. But it is very very difficult, as you noticed. A lot of things had to go right for the Bengals, and they had to take advantage of opportunities and beat a lot of good teams to get to the Super Bowl. Um, and, and so, and they strung together a lot of wins in a row, both in the postseason and and um, you know in the regular season. So. You know, but you're also figuring that this team may be also hitting its collective stride. So hopefully that, um, you know, what, what the Rock just said can kind of give you a little bit of solace. I think Some, most of us feel that way. Most of us feel that the Bengals are a young team, and ascending team, and will probably be deep in the playoff picture alongside in the AFC, the Bills, the Ravens, uh, the Chargers with, with Herbert at the helm there, uh, the Chiefs. Um, You know, just a number five, six teams there in the AFC that'll be right there in it. Can't keep the Steelers down long, even with the quarterback situation that they've got going on. They are always a well-run organization. Who knows what's going on with the Browns? We've got some information with that talented team, but they can't seem to really get it together consistently. Um, And then, you know, you've got a couple of other teams. I mentioned the Bills and whatnot. I mean, there there are a lot of teams in there that are going to be in the mix going forward, but it's an exciting time if you are a Bengals fan. If you're a Bengals player, because they're building something special. And oh, by the way, some of these guys that are there that have been good contributors are now trying to rally some potential free agents, available players, whatnot. And we'll mention that. We'll talk about that in just a second. But we had some news kind of come across the wire here Uh you know, I, I was going to separate each one of these into different stories, but I think I'm going to skip that because I think we've compiled them all into one story here on CincyJungle.com. This is also available on bangles.com. Bengals add three assistant coaches and promote another. So this is also probably part of the bolstering of the offensive line. That's got to be the focus this offseason for this team. They are going to bolster that line not only with talent, rookies, free agents, and and potential development of the young players they already have on the roster, but also with another coach. And we'll talk about that. The Bengals add Derek Frazier, who is the gentleman pictured there, Charles Burks, and James Betcher to the coaching staff. I personally am pretty jazzed about the, the Betcher um, signing. The 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 linebacker coach. He is replacing Al Golden, who left the team to go to Notre Dame and take their defensive coordinator job there amid the the changes that Notre Dame is going through here. But they announced these three coaching hires on Tuesday. So there was a couple of other articles here, but we've compiled them all in one on Cincy Jungle here. Betcher has nine years of NFL coaching experience, and he was a defensive coordinator for the Giants and the Cardinals. Uh and so he's he's got some ties to to Anarumo there and and all of that. You can see here he was most recently the defensive senior defensive assistant and running game specialist for the San Francisco 49ers, outside linebackers coach for the Cardinals from 2013 to 2014, special assistant to the head coach, outside linebackers coach for the Colts in 2012. So he was also a college assistant. So, you know, uh, a, a little bit on the younger side, Betcher, 42 years old, that's not too old for, and that's him pictured over here on the right in the Card- Cardinals outfit there. Um, that, uh so he, he's going to bring, he's going to bring some experience and he's had um, some productive stints under his watch there. So I think that's a good hire as a replacement from uh, for Al Golden, who again, left as the defensive coordinator for Notre Dame, just took that job. Uh, Burks, the, this is another intriguing one. Um, Charles Burks, the cornerbacks coach or, or defensive backs coach here. Um, he was with the Miami dolphins for the past few years. Now the Bengals struck gold with Marion hobby, grabbing him after his stint with the dolphins. Burks now comes from the dolphins as well. The Bengals, I know I, I'm just throwing this out there. I don't know how much they're going to spend in free agency. I don't know what that may look like, but there's been a disgruntled cornerback in Miami, not because of Burks, but just because of a lot of back and forth with ownership there. And that team seemingly stuck in neutral for the the better part of a a decade. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know if Burks may have a little hand in, Getting Xavier Z- Howard over to the Bengals? I don't know. Um, maybe just reaching, grasping at straws by saying that. But regardless, um, he has been, in since, uh, he's been with the Dolphins 2019 through 21. And he also was in the college ranks there. So uh, interesting guy there. And then um, you've got uh, Frazier here. Derek Frazier, as I mentioned, pictured there up to, up top. He, now this is what's interesting about this one. He has worked with Frank Pollock at the, with the Jets. So he was the assistant offensive line coach there. And, and then he's got 21 years of coaching offensive lines, whether it's college pro, et cetera. Now here's the thing with this. Number one, you've got another guy with Frank Pollock, who obviously these two worked well together together. In their year with the Jets, and then you know, now Pollock has the idea that this is going to work well in Cincinnati. Pollock was a big part of the quote unquote revamping of the offensive line last offseason, so maybe not in the form of you know some of the huge free agent acquisitions and whatnot, but he is there. Uh, he was brought in, Frank Pollock was, as a major addition to that offensive line, so to speak. Now he brings in his his right-hand man and oh by the way it sounds like Ben Martin will also still be there as another assistant offensive line coach so they are really bolstering that coaching staff that area at least as it se- as it seems right now so the Bengals made some significant moves here some of their uh, assistant and position coach hires have have paid off well for for the Bengals in recent years. And hopefully this is the same. If you listen to our show, I believe it was last week or the week prior, I played a couple of questions that I had asked of Bengals players, Zach Taylor. And, and I specifically asked Zach Taylor about Marion hobby, Frank Pollock, etc. cetera. And um, you know, he, he glowed about their additions to the staff and now, you know, hopefully he can say the same thing about Frazier Burks and um, you know all of these guys, uh, and and then the other one too. Jordan Kovacs was promo- promoted to assistant linebackers coach there too. So um, there you go. James Betcher, Charles Burks, Derek Fraser, and then Jordan Kovacs promoted to assistant linebackers coach. So they are really bolstering things up. Are the Bengals in the coaching staff ranks and really looking hard at the off? offensive line with yet another coaching edition there we'll see how it pays off hopefully it pays off the same way as some of these others here going forward good to be with all of you in case you are new here i'm anthony kazenza with cincyjungle.com and this is the orange and black insider Bengals podcast we like to do some live streams as well as get you all that stuff on the back end whether it's on the audio streamers or youtube if you can't join us live but please try and do so we like to we like to see a lot of a lot of new faces and live chats, and uh, seeing a lot of familiar faces. You know, new faces, all that kind of stuff in the in the chat. So good to good to be with everybody. Oh, there's my there's my guy, Iceman. Hi, I'm Jeff. Hi, Jeff. How are you? Uh, nice to nice to meet you. Um, all right, let's keep cruising on. Let's keep cruising on here. The, after the Bengals coaching hires, here some other news going on. Ricardo Allen, a guy that was kind of a Lou Anarumo favorite from a long time ago. He is hanging it up after eight NFL seasons, a guy who was kind of a, a Swiss Army knife player for the Bengals, had some nice moments, but also had a couple of injuries in there as well. But uh, he is calling it quits after eight seasons. Um, and, uh, you know, I think, you know, being a veteran and, and all of that, Playing in a Super Bowl is his final game. That may be his his that uh, he kinda wanted that to be his swan song, obviously. Of course. He would have liked to have won the contest. This is from his Instagram, I believe. Yes, he's he's uh, you know, showing some pictures and whatnot. Here he is, celebrating the end zone with the defense and and all kinds of different things. So he's got a um a really long and and heartfelt message on his Instagram. Um, Thanks to Falcons organization and the Bengals and, and all of this now. So, um, you know, he kind of, here's, here's an excerpt right here. I I know I will miss that talking about other things, conquer and grow and, and whatnot, but I also know that I love my family and I owe this life to them. Knowing that I devoted all of my time, energy, blood, sweat, and tears to my craft and enjoyed the grind that came with it. I am ready to take all of this knowledge and help guide the next generation of men to achieve their goals while ultimately we all achieve our goals together. So um, I don't know if that means coaching's in his career. I don't know if that means some sort of pu- public speaking, motivational speaking, what have you, what he's envisioning, but he's ready to move on to the next chapter of his career. Congratulations on a good career to Ricardo Allen and best of luck in your endeavors going forward from Bengals Nation to you. Um, yeah, here's Dan, the man right here, eight, eight year career for Ricardo. Not bad for a fifth rounder out of Purdue. And that is where the Luana Rumo, Ricardo Allen connection took place. Um, that's, that's where that forged. So that is, yeah, I mean, well said there by Dan, um, you know, kind of beat the odds in a lot of ways in that respect. Now we've talked about how the last you could call 2020 the most important offseason in a really long time for the Bengals, but this one now may rival that. Uh, you know, the 2020 offseason is when they, you know, they got Burrow and they 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 got Higgins and they got Logan Wilson and they got all these players, and you know, it was the second year of that coaching staff. You started to see that momentum as the year went on. Of course, Burrow unfortunately got injured. And and so you felt like, well, maybe, you know, maybe that was the most important offseason. Last one was pretty, pretty damn important as well. But this one is very, very critical based on where the Bengals went this year, the progress, the huge jump in progress they made from uh, 2020 to 21 in terms of the standings. And it sounds like Mr. Brown is ready to make some moves, whatever that may look like, to help his quarterback out. I said this as well. Um... There is uh hey Eric, thanks. That's yes, it was my son's birthday. Happy fifth birthday, uh Regan. That's uh happy happy birthday. That, that kid had a birthday weekend, so yes, thank you for the message there, Eric. That was that was nice of you. Um the I, I said this on Wednesday. Th- there has to be an image in Mike Brown's mind that has to eat him up and really the the organization up in the last two, the way the last game of Joe Burrow's seasons, the past two seasons have ended in a either somewhat or very significant knee injury because of offensive line issues, because he's taken way too many hits, way too many sacks uh, that has to be at the forefront. Now, in fairness to the Bengals, they you know some people are saying well they just didn't do enough last year to fix the offensive line. I disagree. My boy Ace at New Stripe City on on Twitter talked a little bit today about like hey they brought in a new offensive line coach, they signed Riley Reef, they drafted three players in the draft uh, uh, on offensive line. Unfortunately, some of those players did not pan out, and or they are developmental players that were not day one type of ready to go the guy type of players. But now they've they've already continued. I mentioned the the other offensive line coach that they've brought in. And now Mike Brown says he's ready to get help for, for Joe Burrow this offseason. Um, I think I pinned this in the live chat, but I will yeah, I already did. So what does that mean? Yet to be seen, but uh, this was a quote from him to bangles.com shortly after the Bengals lost the Super Bowl. Joe is a smart player and that shines through he's accurate he's tough as nails we want to do some things to help him this team has what his father paul brown prized the most the ability to throw the ball uh here we go right here quote i think we have the core of a top team we'll add to it and i think we can make it better so where do the Bengals need to look potentially at shoring up some things offensive line. There are technically what seems like three open spots on the offensive line for, for starting spots. You're looking at right tackle. Riley reef is not under contract. You're looking at right guard because Hakeem identity, nor Jackson Carmen latched onto that spot and made anybody really, really confident that they are the guys going forward. And then you've got left guard because Quentin Spain's contract is up as well. So what do you do with all those spots? Do you bring back Reef and or Spain? Do you really ride out the situations with Trey Hill, Jackson Carmen, Deontay Smith, and hope that all some or one of those players hits at one of those spots? And or do you finally go out and pay big money for an interior offensive lineman that I know is not what the Brown family has traditionally done? But do you pay big money for a guard that's out there? Do you pay other positions out there? Do you try and swing a trade for a tackle? Do you try and do any kinds of things like that to to make this a better situation? Of course, they got to figure out the other cornerback spot. Eli Apple is not under contract. We're probably assuming that Trey Waynes will not be back this year. So the other cornerback spot, that's kind of why I did that cutesy little hint of Xavier and Howard with the Burks hire there. But you got to figure all that stuff out. And the Bengals are going to need to invest in some top-tier talent. Um, they may not go after the A players, the A-plus players that may be available in free agency, but look at the the tier two, the B, the B-level players. Or you also have to look at some of these players who may get cut because that plays positively in the compensatory pick formula for the Bengals if they go after someone that is that has been cut by another team instead of hitting the free agent market on their own volition. So that is all that is all part of it but Mike Brown appears to, at some level to be ready to give Joe Burrow some help. And here's uh, a, a super chat from Akila the Great. Thank you so much Akila. Uh, you are always so generous to us. I appreciate it. What do I hope the offensive line is next year? What do I believe the offensive line is next year? Heart versus logic. Wow, this is kind of a Wednesday nighter question here. But um, you know, I I've seen there. It's hard to kind of pinpoint one specific offensive line layout. I'm really intrigued by Morgan Moses. Should he hit the hit the market? Um, that's a guy that I I think could be a, a pretty good fit there. Obviously, there's Taron Armstead. There's some talk about another tackle. We'll we'll get there in just a second. Which. Um, I, I think that is something that they need to explore if they really want to be splashy and take advantage of this window and take advantage of the cap situation with Burrow's rookie deal. Here's my thing. I like Jonah Williams. I think he's been okay at left tackle. There's been some really good moments. He's he's had some good moments against players. Uh, he's also had some iffy moments. Um, I'm not saying move him from left tackle. But if an opportunity becomes available where you can get a Taron Armstead, a Laramie Tunsil, uh, a top tier, an Orlando Brown uh, as a left tackle, you may need to think about moving Jonah either to right tackle or maybe even inside at guard. And if you're able to do that, let's say, for the sake of argument, you get an an Orlando Brown. You get one of these guys out there that are left tackles. And if you kick Jonah Williams in, maybe the left guard, that solves potentially two offensive line vacancies, two offensive line uh, positions, if you will. That way, you know if you get a, a Moses, you can you could put him on the right. You could put you could put Jonah on the right ta- right tackle. He did that at Alabama too, and, and back in high school, but. Um, you know, I, I think you need to kind of maybe be a little more open to that if you're the Bengals in some capacity, not saying he needs to be moved. I'm saying if you're able to land a top tier guy as a left tackle somewhere in there, you need to be able to be flexible as an organization to say, you know, Jonah's is still a very talented and valuable player to this organization, but we feel that, you know, X player at left tackle is the best way to go and Jonah either at, at inside or the right tackle, uh, would be, would, would be valuable. I saw an article from Jeff Hobbs and I think it's one of his mailbags that he does. And he said something about moving Jonah to the interior as well. Even center. I was like, Hmm, I don't know if that, if he meant that one or not, but, uh, I, but he mentioned it as well about Jonah potentially moving to the interior. So go read that one too. But thanks for the question Akila, and thanks for the generous super chat. Appreciate that. All right. Moving on though. Uh, that was Mike brown giving some quotes about the team and what they may be able to do in free agency hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. Now here is, uh, this is probably pretty obvious here, but the Bengals, a couple of them, uh, a couple of their players make CBS's list of top 25 defensive free agents. Jesse Bates, of course, being one uh, and that he is fifth on that list. Jesse Bates, We kind of, by we, I mean the collective we, kind of hammered on him a little bit for a subpar regular season. And by subpar, I mean that subjectively in the fact that subpar for Jesse Bates standards, right? It's not subpar in general, but, um, you know, he was excellent, excellent in the postseason, um he is fifth on the list from CBS Sports. Uh and, and so, you know, he um he just made play after play in the in the postseason there. Uh so the other one on there is BJ Hill at 22nd, Um, and then of course you've got the Larry Ogan Joby situation. So the Bengals have an have a need at interior defensive line next to DJ Reeder, kind of that that three tech. Uh, A little bit more of a penetrator, pass rusher type interior uh, defensive lineman. Both of those guys were excellent for this team. This year It would be awesome if they were able to keep both of them. Uh, They may be looking a little bit more for longer term deals, a little bit more lucrative deals than both of them uh, cashed in on last year. So we'll see if the Bengals are able to make that work, depending on whoever else they try and pursue there. But um, B.J. Hill is 22nd on the CBS list with Jesse Bates being number five on the top 25 defensive free agent list. So um, go check that out. We've got a couple of players on the Bengals that are really big uh, cheerleaders. It used to be Joe Mixon was the guy via Twitter who would reach out to players and, hey, come play in Cincinnati. You're going to like it. Now Mike Hilton is becoming that guy. Logan Wilson is becoming that guy. They have also made public pleas to call uh, for the extension of Jesse Bates. Look, Jesse Bates is going to remain a Bengal for at least next year. I think we're all pretty confident in that. It's just a matter of the franchise tag or if they get a long-term deal done or if they start with the franchise tag and parlay that into a long-term deal, that would probably be the best situation because then you're able to then work uh, some magic. You get... Jesse Bates locked up long term. And then, um, you know, you're able to kind of spread out that hit as opposed to what happens with a, with a franchise tag there. But um, you can see here, uh, Mike Hilton on Twitter, uh, you know, just throwing out there, extend Jesse Bates. I'm just saying. Uh, And then Logan Wilson says, I'll second that replying to the tweet. So very valuable, very well liked guy and still pretty young is Jesse Bates finishing up his rookie deal. So, Bengals players want him back. They are probably going to get their wish in some capacity there, whether it's short-term or long-term extension. We'll see what happens. So let's keep rolling on here a little bit. And this is from Bengals.com. A little bit of news that sh- hit the wire shortly before we took the air. The Bengals are bringing back Trent Taylor, who stepped in late in the season to steady the punt return game. Uh, there were some issues with Darius Phillips in that regard, particularly in the San Francisco game. And then Phillips went on IR after that. So Trent Taylor, a guy they really liked last spring and last summer, came in and started studying the punt return game. He is going to sign back to the Bengals offseason roster. He's a sixth-year guy um, who has bounced around from a number of different teams, including San Francisco, but um he had two catches for 41 yards in the regular season, um, seven punt returns for 52 yards, four kickoff returns. So you see there, seven point four yard average. Not not crazy, but um, you know a, a respectable average there. And he had a good return in the Super Bowl as well. Um, so and then the big two point conversion catch as well in the postseason that was that was a biggie. So, uh, that is a little bit of news from the Bengals on a roster standpoint. One of their first quote unquote free agency moves, I guess, if you want to call it that. That's uh, that came across the wire on Tuesday afternoon. Now, one of these things I don't know how much we can, uh, ru- you know, there's all kinds of different fake. NFL rumor accounts and all that kind of stuff people are tend to run with all kinds of different things this time of year because they don't you want to be first you don't want to be correct right (laughs) so that uh you you know as a a fan and especially us who you know do things to cover the team we got to pay close attention to these accounts but one of the things and this is from our from our pal Chris rolling over at Bengals Wire um, through USA Today does a great job over there. Bengals Mike Hilton appears to recruit Texans offensive tackle Laramie Tunsil. And that is where this is, uh, where some of you you guys and gals are talking about on the live chats there. Um, Hilton, again, not only calling for Jesse Bates to get extended from the Cincinnati Bengals, um, there was a, a vague tweet put out there by Tunsil saying, um, something to the, to the effect of, is there more than this out there? Is there more, um, you know, I, I, you know, whether that's centering around football or whatever, it was just a very vague, um, a very vague question. Um, so that, uh, and then he, he says something to the, uh, Hilton says something to the effect of, Hey, we need to talk and, and, uh, Tunsil basically said for sure. Um, he said bet, which is for sure. But Tunsil is 27. You, if you remember, he got here's the tweet exchange right there. If you remember, he fell. He was he was largely regarded as one of the best offensive tackle prospects in a really long time coming out of the draft, and he fell because of a very odd and old picture of him in a gas mask. I will just leave it at that um that surfaced right before the draft and he fell the dolphins grabbed him was pretty good for Miami and then traded to Houston after 3 seasons and then he spent 3 seasons there he's got a year left on his deal um but so if the Bengals you can see here rolling talks about it, if the Bengals traded for him they'd be on the hook for 18 million dollars that's a lot of change But you know you may be able to restructure something, parlay that into a longer-term deal if you traded for them, whatever. Um, And and of course, the Texans are in the middle of an absolute mess. They brought in Lovey Smith to try and right the ship there. They've got the Deshaun Watson mess. Um, They've got some salary cap issues and whatnot. That's why Tunsil may be on the trading block here. And then of course uh, they would. Here you go right here, back to what I was talking about. If he would come in as left tackle, that's where you'd let Jonah Williams move, either to right tackle or inside, and uh, maybe help you out that way. So, this may be nothing. This this may be something. Um, I don't know, but Mike Hilton doing his job as Bengals recruiter, that is for sure. Bengals were to land Tunsil, man, that would be a huge upgrade to that offensive line. That is for sure. Kind of going on a little bit further into the offseason, potential fits and whatnot. I don't know how I feel about this one, but ESPN labels the Bengals as a best fit for guard Connor Williams. Williams is a pretty good player. I wouldn't say an excellent one. And the main thing that scares me is the penalties. That is one area that greatly cleared up this year along the offensive line as opposed to years past is the, the the penalty issues, the drive-killing penalties. Now, the sacks were there, and those killed quite a few drives as well, but the, the bottom line is uh, Connor Williams is, is a good player, but he has had some issues with penalties, that is for sure. Um, but, uh, again, ESPN notes that he is, and this is from Jeremy Fowler here um, – know, talking about Spain hitting free agency, questions with Jackson Carmen. Um, and then you see here while we have some concerns on Williams' overall pow- power and ability to anchor he upgrades the interior of the Bengals' offensive line, a good fit for Zach Taylor's outside zone run scheme. So we'll see if that's something that comes to fruition. When Connor Williams was coming out in the draft, that was a guy that was mocked to the Bengals quite often as well. I remember that pretty, pretty vividly. So we'll see if that ends up coming, um, coming to fruition there, but another player that may be in the mix for the Bengals. There is it's mock draft season. Uh, We'll be doing some on our show as well, but there is a three round mock draft that came out recently. I believe this was this one bleacher report Uh, draft wire, excuse me, Luke Easterling, well-respected, well-respected draft voice there. Um, he's got them taking guard Zion Johnson out of BC big guy there uh, at, at um, number 31. Uh, and then he's got them taking, let's see offensive tackle Nicholas Petit Frere out of Ohio state in the second round. And then in the, he's got him taking cornerback Michael Wright out of Oregon. Uh, so, all kind of their, their major areas of need at this point, given the stuff I talked about with Apple and Wayne's at the cornerback spot earlier, and of course the Bengals needing to figure out the right tackle spot at this point in time, as well as the interior of offensive line. So um, that's where Luke Easterling has the Bengals going in a early three round mock draft. I will put this in the live comments as well, so you can check that out when you are able. We're going to move on here. Here is, oh boy, early odds for Super Bowl 57. The Bengals are actually um, right up there. They're right up there. So they have made believers out of the odds makers as Patrick Judas, our Cincy Jungle friend notes. Here's the link to that there. That's a great picture right there. Zach Taylor holding up that Lamar Hunt trophy. Um they've got the Bengals. you know, you can see DraftKings sportsbook plus 1400, FanDuel plus 2000, um, you know, plus 1400 Caesars, that sort of thing. Compare that to plus 15,000 to win the Super Bowl last season. Um so nobody had them given a snowball's chance in hell to win much less get to the Super Bowl. And so um, they are one of the teams up there that uh, have a good shot at, they think, at going and winning the Super Bowl again at this point in time. So um, that is the updated odds as it goes with the Bengals and Super Bowl 57. So that's kind of uh, that's kind of a lot that's going on on the Bengals front, whether it's Coaching additions, whether it's adding Trent Taylor to the offseason roster or all kinds of different things, a lot of stuff going on there. Now, let's move into the AFC North. There has been, It's been a little quiet from some teams in the AFC North, but uh, they've also been kind of doing some things behind the team. Uh, General Manager Kevin Colbert talked about a number of different things on Steelers.com, talked to uh, the media for, I think, Uh, like an hour. Uh, This is on Steelers.com. You can get the transcripts and everything. Um, And he, you can see here, one of the, one of the things that I found pretty interesting, I mean, obviously valuing Stefan to it um, the team's run defense finishing last and what they do there. And Devin Bush is a guy that um, I I find intriguing with what the Steelers are going to do here. If you remember that was a guy that I think everybody thought the Bengals were going to take, in the draft a couple of years ago, the Steelers leapfrogged him and uh, traded up to get him. And he's been a little bit of a disappointment because of injuries and all kinds of different things. But uh, on whether the Steelers have made a decision on whether to exercise the fifth year option on Bush's rookie contract quote, no, we have not because that's not due until May 1st or 2nd. I believe we'll go through all the different scenarios. Like I said, with free agency, the draft, but Devin Bush, I think will be a better player in 22. So, uh, they may let that one ride out. We'll see what happens there um, in terms of them offering the option year on that contract for Devin Bush. But um, as of now, no decision has been made on that. Now, the other, the other thing here, the other kind of big piece of news as it goes with the Steelers, and this is on Behind the Steel Curtain, our counterpart site in the SB Nation network, This is the defensive philosophy of Brian Flores. In case you had not heard, Um, he has been added to the Steelers coaching staff after a, we'll call it a very tumultuous few weeks for Brian Flores, surprisingly fired from the Miami dolphins after what were they? One and eight, I think. And then they, they rattled off eight or nine wins in a row. And, um, so he surprisingly fired there and then he had some head coaching interviews and then there was all kinds of um, you know, perceived issues with the interview process there on the end of Flores so much so that he has um, filed lawsuits and whatnot. But now he is their linebackers coach and senior defensive assistant. That is now his designation for the Steelers. He is working under Terrell Austin, and if you remember, Terrell Austin is the gentleman who was the Bengals' defensive coordinator back in 2018, who was unceremoniously fired in the middle of that season because of a historically bad Bengals defense in that in that season. But uh, you can see here his. Uh, this is a nice breakdown here from KT Smith. Um, his philosophy hinges on gaining an in-depth understanding of how opposing offenses op- operate Flores spent four years in the scouting department in new England under Belichick. Um, he's very detail oriented. Um, and so anyways, uh, he, ba- he based out of a three, four, which works right into what the Steelers like to do. Um, and this is a really just kind of nice in-depth article of what. Flores likes to do and and what he has done in his time in Miami and how that will translate to the Steelers. So he is there now. Here's a here's a little uh, GIF here against the the Chiefs going forward. So at any rate, uh give that a read. It's it's lengthy, but it's a good one on behind the steel curtain. And Flores is now a guy that is um, in the fold as a coach for the Steelers after getting some head coaching interviews and whatnot. We've got some more, if you can believe it, we've got some more drama out coming out of Cleveland. And it comes again out of the wide receiver group. Here is Jarvis Landry. I only have one of the three tweets that he put out there, but essentially there was a string of three tweets that he put out early on Tuesday. And here's the last one saying, I've put the ball on Cleveland's court by telling them I would like to stay, but if not, then I'm confident enough in myself to be a better healthy me this year and moving forward to helping do my part in winning a championship elsewhere. Oh boy. Apparently this is stemming from potentially some mishandling of injuries. Um, Maybe Landry feeling like he had to rush back from some of these injuries a little sooner than expected. Um, I think he had a partially torn quad he had said and, and some other things going on. Um, So he is, you know, I, I, there's a little bit of something at odds there with Jarvis Landry and the Cleveland organization. And, you know, I don't know if there's some internal talks based on injuries or I don't know any of that stuff that either pay cut or any of that kind of stuff. But he has basically kind of said that, you know, he's made his side known apparently to the Browns saying that he put everything out there through injury. Uh, He felt like it wasn't and he didn't say anything about it. And he just kind of kept quiet, and he felt that um, you know he's done all the right things, and uh, maybe hasn't been reciprocated. And he said he wants to be a Brown, but is fine with moving on and going elsewhere. Uh, apparently, if if things don't get better for him, so a little bit of drama going on in Cleveland there coming out Tuesday, and that is on the heels of the OBJ drama that was there who is good friends with Jarvis Landry he that that whole situation probably didn't sit great with him and then of course he goes and sees his friend leave Cleveland and go win a ring very shortly after so that's uh something to monitor for sure with as it goes with the Cleveland Browns uh, kind of surprising as that came across the wire on Tuesday this is on Browns, uh from a, andrew gribble and this is projections on what the browns will do with the number 13 pick and a lot of them are thinking wide receiver they're thinking it um you know you can see here just a matter of who uh Traylin burks from arkansas garrett wilson from ohio State, drake london from usc personal favorite of mine um, you see Drake London, Traylon Burr. So there's a handful of guys, but a lot of folks believe they're going wide receiver at number 13 are the Browns as a way to get some more talent in that position group with the OBJ vacancy. And then now who knows what's going on with Jarvis Landry. That may prove to be something that, uh, does not work out well in their favor either. So they'll need to figure all that out, but looks like, most experts have the Browns taking early wide receiver help in the um, in the draft. All right, here we go. BaltimoreRavens.com. There is an article out there that they are a potential trade destination for Saquon Barkley. This is on BaltimoreRavens.com from Kevin Eck, and I'll pin this in there as well. Uh, Barkley had a great rookie campaign, got the injury, um, and was not the same this past year. And so, you know, that the Ravens love talented running backs. They love high profile running backs. They love to run the football and, and, uh, you know, have that run game established to, to help out Lamar Jackson and, and really make him the type of weapon that he can be. So, they uh saquon barkley might be a guy that they look at i mean you know all the running back injuries that the ravens had last year they had a ton of them they had a ton of them and um they this may be a possibility here so go check that one out um that would not maybe be the most welcome sight across the afc north if saquon was there particularly now a full year removed from the big injury and all of that you know he um He may come in and do some damage here, but we'll see. We'll see. The Giants have been a bit of of a mess, as we know. Uh, And then, of course, you've got this from Baltimore Beatdown, part of the SB Nation network here. The Ravens have the easiest 2022 schedule, according to Football Outsiders' way to early DVOA projections. And this is by Joshua Reed, I believe, there. So I pinned that in the live chat. Finishing last in the division, tied with the Browns, but you know head-to-head matchups, etc. Um, but Aaron Schatz of Football Outsiders claims the Ravens possess the easiest projected schedule. Um, he had to adjust the ratings to take into account games where teams sat starters for COVID issues. Um, quote: "The usual regression to the mean is uh, what what is always part and parcel of the equation that that." Aaron Schatz uses. Uh, So at any rate, not good news for the Bengals that the Ravens appear to have a weak schedule, the easiest schedule in terms of DVOA. So take that for what you will. The Ravens are hoping to take advantage of that. Um, And hopefully the Bengals hope that they won't (laughs) take advantage of that. All right. Here are, uh, just a, a reminder from an NFL standpoint, this tweet out here today from Ian Rappaport, just to remind everybody that the NFL's window to use franchise tags open today, which is Tuesday, and it closes on March 8th, uh, shortly before the legal tampering and true kickoff of free agency um, he you notes know, Devonte Adams, JC Jackson, Orlando Brown, Chandler Jones did not mention Jesse Bates, but we know that Jesse Bates is, uh, you know, a guy in that discussion as well. So, um, at any rate, that's just a friendly reminder for everybody for me and Rappaport opens today, February 22nd and closes March 8th. Does the franchise tag deadline, obviously, um, you know, there's other negotiations and things going on for those. Players too, but uh, just a friendly reminder for everybody there going forward. Now, let's go to some more NFL news. We've got just a few more to get to, and then we will bounce on out of here. We've kind of cruised through a lot of stuff here, but hopefully you are finding it informative. Here is some stuff on the NFL scouting combine. They have amended their protocols and will allow draft draft prospects to leave restricted areas. Apparently there was a slate of agents, a lot of agents and players who were going to boycott the scouting combine had they not loosened some of the COVID restrictions that were uh, being placed on the event going into this one. And so now they're allowing players outside of secure areas. um, And the quote is here, Quote, we encourage all players to remain within the secure combine areas at all times for your eh, or their safety. Um, However, if you would like to leave the secure areas during free time in your schedule, you are now permitted to do so at your own risk. The memo also states that players, quote, approved medical support personnel, physical therapist, massage therapist, or approved athletic trainer can enter secured areas provided they follow proper procedures. Um, and you could see here agents representing draft prospects were organizing a boycott of all testing on field workouts and interviews at the March 1st through 7th event, unless restrictions to secure venues were changed. Um, allowing prospects access to their full team of coaches and athletic trainers was chief among the issues for the players and their representation. So, um, that is a development. And I think with that, the argument, obviously everybody wants, wants to be safe and everything. But um, I think the argument from the side of the players and the agents was that, um, you know, the prevent injury prevention, and this is, you know, the biggest job interview of their lives and whatnot. And they need to have, you know, access to everybody and, that, that, you know, as part of their team and all that kind of stuff to make sure they put their best foot forward and all of that. Um, so I, I think that was just kind of part of it. I don't want to speak for anybody, but it seems as if that's what, what the messaging was on behalf of agents and the players. So it seems that things have loosened up a little bit um, in, in the way that agents and players wanted. So uh, it looks like, and sounds like the scouting combine will have a bit more of a normal feel to it than um in the past couple of years during the covid you know the the height of the covid crisis so we'll see what that all looks like it feels like i i I gotta say i gotta say we don't we're not a packers podcast we don't have you know we don't talk all the Bengals played the packers this year so we talked about that and all kinds of different things but for some reason aaron Rodgers, especially on happening headlines here at, at obi he tends to be on this show um, or this episode more than any other player that I can remember. Um, Drama kind of follows this guy. Uh, That's just all I'm going to say about it. But he posts, he posted a long Instagram message of quote gratitude. And of course no decision on his uh, on his future gratitude is the wine for the soul go on and get drunk was one of the posts he's got a post of uh him and shailene woodley the actress i believe they just broke up recently um and he's got um you know pictures of his teammates and friends and all that kind of stuff um you see here uh, monday night gratitude so this was on monday night uh you know talking tag shailene woodley and um Randall Cobb and other David Bakhtiari um, thanking them and all that kind of stuff. And there's just, um, you know, just kind of thanking everybody. It almost sounds like a retirement ish type of vibe to it, but um, does not come out and say that. And then it just says spread love and gratitude, gratitude you beautiful people and read a book once in a while too, while you're at it, love and peace. So very odd message I mean it's it was nice to a lot of people obviously and very kind words to a lot of people that were important to him in his life but it kind of felt a little bit retirement-ish I guess but maybe not (laughs) I don't know I don't know what to make of that and I think the rest of the NFL world is kind of trying to figure out what what's going on there he's probably gonna not be in Green Bay anymore is what it feels like it felt like that was this last year was maybe the last ride there and um, I, I don't know, but we'll see. I mean, the Aaron Roger, Roger saga continues. It seems like it's been that way for the past few off seasons now. So, um, nothing new there. In in some ways, it would seem. All right, one place, and this kind of ties back into AFC North, um, AFC North quarterbacks and AFC North news. Uh, Jameis Winston is, uh, you know, they're talking about the quarter, free agent quarterback market. Jameis Winston uh, is topping that market. He is 28, um, and so you see here, but look at the teams that is projected, and they're starting to get some momentum with the Steelers. A lot of folks are talking about the Steelers potentially being in the mix for Jameis Winston. Average uh, projected annual average contract is uh, five, between five to $10 million a year. You see there, the Broncos have a need at quarterback um, bucks do as well. I don't see him going back to the Buccaneers personally. Um, the the commanders, the saints, um, the Steelers and the Texans, and then you've got Bridgewater, another one. So one of these players could very well, especially the top ones could very well end up going to Pittsburgh to play quarterback for them. Now that Ben Roethlisberger's retired. So, some names to watch for sure. Uh, you know, I, we'll, we'll see what happens there. My guess is Pittsburgh is going to do what it usually does, which is get a veteran quarterback in there. And then of course, you know, get another one to, to draft and groom there. There's a couple of intriguing prospects here, so we'll see what they do there. But um, yeah. At any rate, here is just kind of one final thing in case you had not seen this, the USFL and they are kicking off their draft soon as well but the usfl is back and their uniforms and their logos here they all are um you see the the um uh, the, Pan- the panthers the um let's see here the panthers the generals the stars the maulers the stallions the gamblers the breakers and the bandits and you can see some of their logos here um, those are the the logos and of course um, some of these coincide city-wise coincide with cities that host NFL teams: uh, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, New Orleans, Houston, obviously. Um, so you know, take that for a Tampa Bay. I mean, actually, basically everybody, but um, Jersey kind of does, and the Michigan. It kind of depends on what where you're talking about there, but Birmingham is the other one. At, at any rate. Um USFL is kicking off. Here are some of their logos for those of you who are watching the YouTube channels. And of course their draft is kicking off soon as well. So um, there's going to be some semblance of, of football still hanging around here. And uh, the USFL is, is making a comeback here. The, the It's been tough for some of these other leagues outside of the NFL to gain traction. You know, you had the, the XFL that, came and went twice you had uh what was it the um alliance football league uh a a couple of years ago trying to get some some familiar names in that league a chance and then now you've got the usfl to see um what happens there if you remember way back in the 90s there was also the 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 nfl europe if you remember that um there was like the frankfurt galaxy and all kinds of different teams there so, um, they you know, the NFL is trying to expand its reach and they're trying to get more players opportunities and, and we'll see what happens there. But, uh, the USFL appears to be coming back and, um, the draft is there. There's some familiar names as coaches on those teams. So check that out when the games come around again. Thanks everybody. We were just at about an hour. Uh, we try and shorten these things down, but my gosh, we just keep going and feeding you all kinds of different headlines and whatnot. Hopefully you enjoyed it. Hopefully you got well-informed on what's going on with the Bengals, what's going on with the AFC North, and what's going on around the NFL. We tried to cover all of our bases there. Again, if you're new here, I'm Anthony Cazenza with CincyJungle.com and the Orange and Black Insider Bengals podcast. You can subscribe to the YouTube channel right down there. Click that little OBI icon. Subscribe. Click the bell to be notified when we go live and when new content is available for you. You can also subscribe if you like the audio side, you can subscribe to the Cincy jungle podcast channel, which includes our show, Matt Mannix coach, speak and chalk talk. And of course, orange is the new black from ACE and Zim. All of them do great work. And uh, we're all pleased to be working together on the Cincy jungle podcast channel, part of the SB nation podcast network. We'll be back tomorrow. John Sharon, and myself with our usual Wednesday show. We've got a fan friday slash listener question show on friday coming at you so we'll have some fun with that with some special guests and whatnot we'll kick that off and uh we'll see you soon thanks for tuning in to happen in headlines and we'll be talking to you this week